Hi, I wanted to start today's show off with something I've, I don't think I've literally ever done, and that is a genuine, non-jokey apology. Last week, for a number of reasons, it was a nightmare. That's why you didn't get a Wednesday and Thursday show. Some things were avoidable, some things were not. I'm actively fixing the situation so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say sorry, because while I know some people kind of just tune in whenever, I know a lot of people, like, they come here every single day. They love being a part of this, and I appreciate you, and I don't want to waste your time. So yeah, in general, I appreciate you, unless you're someone who shamed me, in which case, walk down some stairs blind. But that said, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. It is July 26, 2021, and let's try something a little bit different today. If you want me to punch you in the throat, hit that like button and let's just jump into it. The first thing that we're going to talk about today is one of the biggest stories from over the weekend. It's this video. You might have seen it on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, wherever, right? And it involves a man in Wisconsin who posted video to Facebook that appears to show a Caledonia police officer throwing a small baggie into the backseat of a car the police had pulled over. Hey, bro, what's that? What's what? That you just threw in here. What's the one word? I got, I got you on camera, bro. I got you on camera. We're all good. Hey, bro, you just threw that in here. Yeah. With a guy filming who goes online by the name Glockboy Savo, writing in the post caption that the officer did this quote just to get a reason to search the car and said that the cop didn't know he was recording him. Right, and just like you would expect, it goes massively viral. Many outrage chiming in, calling the Caledonia Police Department dirty for seemingly planting evidence. All of that outrage eventually prompting the department to announce an investigation on Saturday. And what we saw was within hours it provided an update claiming that the officers didn't actually plant any evidence or do anything illegal. With the department releasing a lengthy statement with a summary of the events along with two body cam clips from the incident. As far as the reason that the driver was pulled over, they said that he was going 63 in a 45 mile an hour zone. Also saying the two passengers in the back were spotted without seatbelts and were asked to identify themselves and step out of the car. Then during a search in one of the passengers' pockets, an officer pulled out an empty corner tear from a plastic baggie with police claiming that the corner tear didn't contain any illegal substances, though they said that this type of packaging is a common method for holding illegal drugs. So we see them briefly question the man about this and then the piece of plastic gets handed off to different officers who also determined that it was empty before the one in the video discarded it into the back of the car. And actually in the body cam footage, we also see the officer explaining that to the front seat passenger who is filming. Hey bro, you just threw that in here. Yeah, because it was in his pocket and I don't want to hold on to it. That's on their body cam that they took it off of him, so. You just threw that in here, bro. I got you on camera, man. I'm telling you where it came from, so. I got you on camera, bro. It's an empty baggie at the moment too, so. And so with that, the department went on to say that while it would discourage officers from discarding items into a citizen's car, the footage proves that this evidence was not planted. With them also noting that no arrests were made in this incident and that the driver was only issued a citation for speeding. With the police also adding that since four officers were present at the scene, they have more than six hours of footage to review, but they promised to release the footage in full in the near future. You know, with this story, I am incredibly thankful that people requested it both when they just saw the first video as well when they saw the other body cam footage. Because I mean, this is a story that matters for several reasons. One, it highlights one of the biggest issues with misinformation is that there is no way to get ahead of it. The initial video and accusations getting tens of millions of views compared to kind of the, the trickle and light views that the full story got. Two, it highlights one of the other reasons that police need body cams while they're performing their job. Yes, a lot of the time we have talked about body cam footage on this show, it's about self-incrimination, but it can also show them not being a dirty cop. So actually the question I wanna pass off to you is what was your personal experience with this story? Had you heard about it at all before I covered it? If so, was it just the first clip and accusation or did you see the full story or did you hear about it but not watch the police body cam footage? I would really love to know. Whatever you say with this specific story, like I'm not gonna attack you. Yes, I do believe that we all need to try to be better when spreading information and more importantly, miss 
information. But I also think that many people are victims to the social media landscape that we have right now. Then, in easily one of the most requested stories, let's talk about this Activision Blizzard situation. Right, so if you haven't seen, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has lobbed a massive gender discrimination lawsuit against video game developer Blizzard, accusing it of creating a culture of constant sexual harassment. Some of the details in this lawsuit, right, if you go through it, which follows two years of investigations are incredibly disturbing. Right, it starts with things, for example, where uh, the lawsuit claims a Blizzard's workplace is steeped in frat boy culture, the female employees have been subjected to numerous sexual comments, advances, groping, unwanted physical touching, and other forms of harassment. From there, it goes on to cite specific instances noting that female employees said that random male employees would comment on their breasts, hit on them, even make derogatory comments about rape. Also, tragically, a female employee committed suicide on a company trip after having a sexual relationship with a male supervisor. And according to the suit, she also faced harassment at a holiday party when male co-workers began passing around a new photo of her. And these allegations go straight to the top, allegedly Blizzard President Jay Allen Brack not only knew about this behavior, but also enabled it. Also on top of that, an unnamed former chief technology officer was allegedly seen groping inebriated female employees at company events. The suit also specifically naming Alex Afraziabi, World of Warcraft senior creative director, saying that he was permitted to engage in blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions, so much so that he was frequently compared to Bill Cosby. Female employees also saying that they faced retaliation for speaking up, including being deprived of work, unwillingly transferred to other departments, and even being laid off at higher rates than male employees. Right, and like I said, th this is just some of it. There's even more, but in response to all of this, Blizzard itself called California's lawsuit irresponsible and from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. Blizzard also defending its workplace, saying that over the past several years and continuing since the initial investigation started, we've made significant changes to address company culture and reflect more diversity within our leadership teams. But also since the lawsuit came out, multiple former employees have come out publicly to corroborate many of the details within it. So that's why over the weekend, we saw Blizzard executives kind of changing the tune of their response. Brack actually calling the lawsuit extremely troubling in an email to employees and promising to meet with them. However, in response more in line with Blizzard's official statement, we saw company executive Fran Townsend calling the lawsuit meriless, saying that it presents a distorted and untrue picture of the company. But as employees like World of Warcraft senior system designer Jeff Hamilton have argued Blizzard's corporate response is wholly unacceptable, with Hamilton saying, it is evil to usurp a victim's story into a rhetorical bludgeon, and it is abhorrent to reply to these accusations with anything other than a well-thought-out plan to correct these abuses. With Hamilton adding, I don't know what to do. I don't have all the answers. I can tell you almost no work is being done on World of Warcraft right now while this obscenity plays out. And that benefits nobody, not the players, not the developers, not the shareholders. And that last note is probably the most meaningful because unfortunately the only thing that really moves things these days money. But that said, as the lawsuit unfolds, it'll be very interesting to see how much the official response from Blizzard changes, if at all, and what other details come to light. Especially now that we're seeing a coalition of 800 Blizzard employees publishing an open letter today absolutely condemning corporate for its response. But as we wait, I would really love to know, based off of what we've seen now, what are your thoughts and reactions so far? But from that, I want to take a quick second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with millions of members and thousands of classes. Take a class, connect with others, or even teach a class of your own. And a premium membership gets you unlimited access to high quality classes on topics such as music production, photography, or even one on productivity. Personally, one of my favorites, I know I've mentioned it, but I cannot recommend Gary Vaynerchuk's Context is Key, Social Media Strategy in a Noisy Online World class enough. Right, it's a great example because in under 90 minutes, Gary shares the same tactics and social media strategies adopted to each major social media platform. Tactics that he's used to grow brands like GE, PepsiCo, the New York Jets, and many more. And getting to see kind of that genius of how he did it is really rewarding. And Skillshare is curated specifically for 
learning. There are no ads. They're always launching new premium classes so you can stay focused and follow wherever your creativity takes you. And the best part is that Skillshare is super affordable. And if you're one of the first 1,000 people to use the link that I have in the description, you'll get a one month free trial of Skillshare premium membership. Then we have Lil Nas X in the news. And you know, the last time we covered this, it was because he pulled off this whole PR stunt. I'm a big fan of smart marketing. But he did this whole social media stunt for the release of his new song, Industry Baby, that released on Friday. And it worked tens of millions of views of the music video on YouTube. It hit the number one spot on Spotify at one point. But in addition to smart marketing, I think there are two other important aspects to this story. One, with the music video largely being set in prison, featuring many black men, we saw Lil Nas X tweeting. On a serious note, I know the pain that incarceration brings to a family and the disproportionate impact that cash bail has on the black community. That's why I teamed up with the Bail Project to create the Bail X Fund. And just with the donate option next to the music video, they've raised tens of thousands of dollars so far. But also, two, following the release of this music video, we saw headlines like, Lil Nas X responds to criticism of his industry baby music video, y'all hate gay people. To which we saw Lil Nas X reply, y'all know exactly what you're doing with this caption. Criticism is this song is not good, not someone saying you are the reason people are getting AIDS. Or because if you take a second to look through the so-called criticism, I mean, it is blatant homophobia. Or with a number of people, including blue check marks like Tariq Nasheed, essentially saying that he's making black men look weak. Or you have Lil Nas X and a bunch of black men naked, twerking. Meanwhile, Jack Harlow, white guy gets to hook up with a female guard. To which Lil Nas X responded, let me explain, Lil Nas equals gay, so he went boy. Jack Harlow equals straight, so he went girl. Got it? And I think it's pretty basic and simple. If you see this and you're offended, but you also see like a Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Megan The Stallion, Lil Wayne type, and they do something similar, and you're also offended there, okay, I get it. Maybe you're a little more prudish, conservative on this issue. But if you see one of those artists doing a similar thing and you're un- bothered, but then you watch Lil Nas X do it. And the only difference is that you have a male artist with male bodies and male attraction. I'm not saying like, if you're not attracted to it, there's an issue. But if you're pearl clutching and attacking and offended that this is a thing that's out there and it happened, you're just homophobic. Like at this point, just own it. You're not fooling anybody. And understand, I, I don't care if that's gonna piss some of you off because it's just true. You're out here saving everybody time and exposing yourself for free. You know, the final note that I'll hit on, whether it be with men, women, whoever, femininity being viewed as a weakness, I think is so, incredibly stupid. You know what weak is? Weakness is looking at a man who is more feminine than you approve of and being offended and scared and outraged. How fucking soft are you? You know they can't legally make you suck a dick, right? Like it's not something you can catch from the gay agenda, you fucking schmuck. And then, I mean, big news. Let's talk about why you don't have friends. And no, this is not an individual attack, right? I haven't been watching you from the bushes yet. Rather, this is a new study that was released by the Survey Center on American Life that found that basically we're lonely and have no friends. Or rather, in a less attacky way, despite renewed interest in the topic of friendship and popular culture in the news media, signs suggest that the role of friends in American social life is experiencing a pronounced decline. Or with this poll finding that out of just over 2,000 respondents, only 13% of US adults said that they had more than 10 close friends, which is actually a very massive drop compared to a 1990 Gallup poll, which reported that a third of US adults said they had more than 10 close friends. Now with this, uh, personally, as someone that is millennial, uh, I'm a millennial, uh, 35 years old. I think the idea of having 10 close friends is insane. Like even when you see those big friend groups, like 10 girls or 10 guys, they're not all equal friends. There's like individual close friendships in that general friend group. But also, and I think this is more applicable to people watching this show, the poll also found that fewer Americans said that they have a best friend. In 1993, out of every four people said, yes, I have a best friend, but today only 59%. And interestingly, the people, the demographic affected the most were young women, with the, during the pandemic, nearly six in 10 of them having lost touch with at least a few friends. And in fact, 16% indicating that they're no longer in regular contact with most of their friends. But also the poll highlighted the country's political 
divide right now. Saying that 20% of Democrats and 10% of Republicans have ended friendships over political disagreements, with 22% of the people who've ended a friendship citing former President Trump specifically. But to end on a silver lining, right? Not all doom and gloom, about half of US adults have reported making at least one new friend over the last year. But also what I'll say here is I, I think it's good to reevaluate your friend groups. Like I'm a big believer and you become the average of the company you keep. And there's a lot of company out there that you should not be keeping. Right? I mean, think about it. Who's actually rooting for you, hugging you during your losses and who's just waiting for their turn to talk? Main point, quality, not quantity. Also in news, it kind of touches on that previous mention of there being a partisan divide in this country. We had Tucker Carlson in the news. Tucker, if you don't know, a very polarizing figure, one of the or the biggest host on Fox News. While a lot of the headlines recently have been about Tucker continuing to promote vaccine hesitancy and vaccine misinformation, he was in the news for a whole different reason over the weekend, because that is when a guy by the name of Dan Bailey, uh, depending on who you are, you see this as uh, Dan Bailey uh, disgustingly accosting or calmly confronting Tucker Carlson in a bait shop. What? I don't care, man. Okay, just do You are the worst human being. to make. I want you to donate to this thing, to the United States, to everything else in this world. I don't care that your daughter's here. What you have done to people's families, what you have done to everybody else in this world. Right, that video already getting tens of millions of views. Uh, apparently it happened at Dan Bailey's outdoor company, but uh, the store and the guy, it just happens to be a coincidence. And like I said, the reactions to this video could not be more different. We had so many people so happy that someone said this to Tucker Carlson's face. Right, with many of their reasoning seeming to be connected or kind of related to what Dan Bailey said post this video, posting on Instagram. It's not every day you get to tell someone they are the worst person in the world and really mean it. What an asshole. This man has killed more people with vaccine misinformation. He has supported extreme racism, he is a fascist, and does more to rip this country apart than anyone that calls themselves an American. But on the other side of this, you had many who were disgusted by it. A Fox News spokesperson telling Mediaite, ambushing Tucker Carlson while he is in a store with his family is totally inexcusable. No public figure should be accosted regardless of their political persuasion or beliefs simply due to the intolerance of another point of view. Former felon Dinesh D'Souza saying that Dan Bailey should be arrested for this. Megan McCain saying, if you think accosting a public figure while they're shopping for fishing gear with their family on vacation is somehow accomplishing something or changing anyone's hearts or minds, you're a hypocrite and have totally lost the plot. But also with those criticisms, we saw a lot of people claiming that it was kind of just pearl clutching or just hypocrisy. A number of people just responding with headlines, highlighting things like Tucker Carlson urges viewers to accost mask wearing strangers. They're telling his viewers to call 911 if they see kids in masks. And also specifically regarding Fox News saying this isn't okay. A number of people pointing to the likes of Jesse Waters of Fox News, essentially making a career out of ambush interviews. People like Ben Rhodes responding. Fox News camera crew once staked out the stoop of my apartment building in DC and screamed questions at me with a camera as I walked home with my dry cleaning. Fox thinks they should be able to spread deadly disinfo and ambush people with impunity. And Vivian Schiller tweeting, this is total BS. Jesse Waters waited outside my house, followed me when I left my driveway and accosted me with the camera and microphone when I parked my car on a personal errand. The hypocrisy here is stunning. But yeah, ultimately with this story, I wanna pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? Was Tucker Carlson disgustingly accosted or calmly confronted? Or was this harassment or was it simply someone using their first amendment rights? Also, do you think Fox News and company are being hypocrites here? Yes, no, why, why not? I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. But ultimately with this story or honestly anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below because yes, this is a news show, but it's also a conversation. And how I'll close this today is like always, thanks for watching, like, and subscribing, all the good stuff. My name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.